Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 21. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness, because in the forbearance of God He passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of His righteousness at the present time, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. This is the first of three messages on this paragraph. So as we come to the end today and you wonder why I only got through verse 22, it's because I'll be back, and I hope you will too. Let's pray together and ask God's help in opening the word. Father, there are sweet things in your word, so many. You are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You will not always chide, nor will you keep your anger forever. You do not treat us according to our sins or requite us according to our iniquities. As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is your steadfast love towards those who fear you. As far as the east is from the west, so far do you remove our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities preachers who fear him. You remember my frame and know that I am dust. These are sweet words to me as I undertake to handle the Holy Word of God. And I pray that you would now come with a sacred anointing and a gift of prophetic utterance and hearts humble to hear and be changed into the the love and justice of Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. There's a link between justification by faith and uh, Mother's Day. Believe it or not, there is. And let me try to unfold it for you by way of introduction and path into this text. Several years ago, I preached a series of messages that a few of you in the room might remember entitled, The Righteous Are Bold as a Lion. Raise your hand if you remember that series. (laughs) Fifteen people, maybe. I loved it myself. I love, I love the truth of Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee 
when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are bold as a lion. There's something connecting righteousness and boldness. There's a link there between righteousness and boldness. Now the problem is, most of the people in this room right now, probably all of us, don't feel righteous. A conscience indicts, the Bible indicts, we're sinners all. And that's one of the reasons why there is so little courage in the world. So much timidity, so much unwillingness to stand up and be counted no matter what the cost. So much jockeying and maneuvering and so little boldness because so many people feel unrighteous. The righteous are bold as a lion. Who are these people? How about moms? Any moms in the room as bold as a lion? The answer to that question is yes. There are many moms in this room as bold as a lion. I'll describe her for you with one verse from Proverbs 31. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the future. What does that mean? She laughs at the future. Most people are afraid of the future. They're anxious about the future. There are women in this room who look into the face of the future and they get in future's face. And they say, go ahead, future, throw up to my imagination all the calamities that are coming. Throw up before me all the diseases that are coming. Throw up before me all the wars and rumors of wars that are coming. Go ahead, put in front of me all the relational pain that is coming my way. Go ahead. You think that when you do that, I am going to cower like a mouse in the corner of the kitchen? No, I will not cower before you, future. I laugh at you. There are women in this room like that. And one of the aims of this message is that there be more when I'm done than there are now. First Peter 3, 5, these women hear this word and they say, yes, 
Here's what it says. In former times, holy women hoped in God. And you have become their children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Women who hope in God don't fear the future. They laugh at the future because they're hoping in God. Now, we've got to bring these things together. You've got Proverbs 28.1. The righteous are bold as a lion. And you've got 1 Peter 3, 5, and 6. Hoping in God makes you fearless before the future, and it did for the women of old. How do they come together? Who are the righteous? Could it be? Is there possibility that there's a righteousness that in spite of all our rotten feelings of guilt... In spite of all our senses of inadequacy, in spite of all the indictments of Romans 1.18 to 3.20 that we just spent a year unpacking, there might be a way for a mom to be righteous before a holy God because she didn't perform it but received it as a gift. Is that a possibility? Let's go to the text. It's not only a possibility, it's a glorious reality. We're at Romans 3, verse 21. Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Stop there for a moment. This is a major turn in the letter, isn't it? If you've been with us now this past year, this is a major turn. Beginning with chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, Paul trumpeted the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first, also for the Greek reason, verse 17, because in it, and this is an echo of chapter 3, verse 21, the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then beginning with verse 18 of chapter 1 to 320, was indictment of the human race. And the reason there was that much indictment is because most of us are very resistant to being told that our righteousness will not do. We have to have the righteousness of God given to us freely. We are basket cases morally. We are welfare cases. We are bankrupt. We don't like to hear it. And so he devotes from 118 to 320 to shut the mouths of the whole world and leave all of us without excuse before the law of God. Which is why verse 20 ends that unit. By the works of the law, 
No flesh will be justified. What happens when the law meets my rebellious heart of sin is condemnation, not justification. So, verse 21 now takes this massive turn and says these glorious words, Apart from the law. Do you see it? Put your eyes, if you got a Bible, put your eyes down on the verse. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. Paul, what do you mean? Whose righteousness? What, what are you talking about here? Verse 22 explains, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, for all those who believe. So there is a divine, God-wrought, God-given righteousness that is apart from your performances of the law, that is freely given to everyone, notice the word all, who believes. Apart from the law. That is, God, we're going to see in the next two weeks, has sent His own begotten Son into the world to do what the law could not do, nor you, through its performances. And so the law is bracketed, as it were, and God, in the obedience and the blood shedding of his son reveals, manifests a righteousness that you can now have as a gift so that you stand before him bold as a lion even though you're a sinner. That's Christianity. If there are any unbelievers in the room who are here, not very often going to church, and you wonder, what in the world is Christianity? I just said it. We will take five chapters to unfold this. It's not my idea. Paul took chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 to unfold that. That there is a righteousness from God given to me, not according to my works by which I earn it, but freely because Christ bought it for me and covered all my sins so that God can justly put it on me, clothe me with it, and bring me home to glory where the flames of judgment burn all around me and do not touch me. This is an asbestos righteousness. This is a big turn in the letter, isn't it? This is a glorious turn. Now I ask you this. Is this precious to you? Is justification, that's what we're talking about here, that, that theological word justification, that is the reckoning just, the counting 
righteous of a sinner because that sinner is united to Christ by faith alone. Justification by faith alone. Is this precious to you? Let me ask it another way. Perhaps, have you ever late at night, or maybe you're the type of personality that it happens in the morning, early in the morning, the alarm goes off, punch it, and you lie there, and you feel guilty, bad. And the ugliness of your sin and the weight of your sin comes crashing in on you and you tremble and actually feel horrible misgivings and fears rising up inside of you that if you were to die right here on this bed, you might not go to heaven but perish in everlasting burning, cut off from the glory of God. Anybody ever had that happen? Well, you will. You will. And I ask you this. At that moment, would not the sweetest words in all the universe be to hear God Almighty, holy, wrathful against sin, say to you, I do not delight in the death of the wicked. Trust me. Trust my son. Cast yourself on him as your only hope. Helpless, hopeless. On Him as your only hope. And I will count that as perfect righteousness because of Him. I don't know how else you're going to die, folks. How are you going to die having led the life you've led? And all of us have led. This is really precious. How about you moms? This is your day. Is it precious to the mothers here? Amen. Thank you. It is precious to mothers here. I want it to be precious to the mothers here. I want the mothers of Bethlehem to be bold as a lion. Oh, that mothers at Bethlehem would embrace to your breast more closely and more intimately the doctrine of justification by faith than you embrace your most beloved infant. Because I want you to be able to live before that infant as he grows up the model of a mighty woman of faith 
to be as bold as a lion so that as the future comes toward you in the form of cancer, Columbine High, and Kosovo, you laugh at the future. And that little boy or that little girl watches you. And they say, give me that God at any cost that my mother loves. Don't you want women like that in this church? Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. Now watch these next verses. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. That is a very important text in view of the problem that I began with. I began by saying the righteous are bold as a lion. And the woman who hopes in God laughs at the future and is not afraid of what will come. And then I tried to pull them together. The righteous woman and the hoping in God woman. And I have tried to show you now that the woman becomes righteous by hoping in God. That's what faith is. But here's the question that that verse raises. Those women of old, were they righteous and bold the same way that women today become righteous and bold, namely through faith? Is the glorious doctrine of justification by faith taught in the Old Testament? Did the saints, the women and the men of old, become righteous that way in the Old Testament? Or was there another way to get right with God and be like Enoch and walk with God in the Old Testament? And these words here in verse 21 of chapter 3 says, Yes, it was apart from the law that he wrought out the righteousness that we can have as a free gift. But it is not that the law itself is ignorant of or commending any other way of salvation. Then this righteousness, it didn't, it didn't foresee it in all detail. But oh, it saw it, and yes, those women were justified by it. Let me illustrate. You don't even have to leave the page, probably, in your Bible to see this. Go to chapter 4, which is just a few verses later, and drop to verse 3 of chapter 4, and he gives two illustrations from the Old Testament of what he meant back in verse 21, that the Old Testament law and the prophets bear witness to this thing. He starts with Abraham. In verse 3, and he quotes Genesis 15, 6 like this. For what does the scripture say? Because I've just told you in 321, it matters to me whether the scripture says this. The scripture says, Abraham believed God. Believed, trusted. This is faith. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And that's a model for us today. So in the Old Testament, you had the great patriarch Abraham modeling justification by faith as he trusted the promises of God. No, he couldn't see Jesus. 
He didn't know how it would work. He didn't know how God would be just and the justifier of him who passes over sins done beforehand. But he trusted him. Drop down to verse 6 and you'll see David brought in, writing in the Psalms. And it says, Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man whom God credits righteousness apart from works. You see, that's understood in the Old Testament already. And then he quotes Psalm 32. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. No, we could go to so many places. In my prayer as I was beginning, I was quoting from my own encouragement, Psalm 103. He does not deal with us according to our sins, or requite us according to our iniquities. How can that be if he's a just judge? Don't just judges deal out fair punishments? Well, they do. But this judge puts his son in the place of his elect and pours out his just wrath on him so that they might be justified. One more. If you go back to chapter 1, verse 17, you see another illustration of the Old Testament word. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. You see how verse 17 of chapter 1 and verse 21 of chapter 3 are parallel in more ways than we thought, not only in the revelation of divine righteousness for faith, but even in saying, this has got to be witnessed to in the Old Testament. Says that in 321, says that in 117. And then he quotes Habakkuk 2.4, the righteous shall live by faith. So the answer is, yes, these holy women of old, the righteous Bold as a lion, these holy women of old, laughing at the future, fearless before the future, one hoping in God, the other righteous. They are righteous in the deepest sense because they are hoping in God. So if you say, how does a mom become righteous in the Old Testament? The answer is, hope in God and His promises. Cast yourself on Him and not your own resources. And if you ask, how does a mom in this service today become righteous so that she can walk out of this service clean before God? The answer is hope in God, namely Jesus. Hope in God, namely Jesus, our God. And our Lord. It's the same way. And then I can't help but mention the verse in the Old Testament that is the clearest, most explicit teaching of what is to come in justification in all the Old Testament. Namely, Hebrews, I mean, Isaiah 53, 11. 
after describing the suffering life of Christ, after describing the substitutionary death of Christ, after describing the bodily resurrection of Christ, and all of that 700 years. If any of you is a doubter in the group, please, if you're struggling with doubt, go this afternoon and read Isaiah 53 alongside one of the Gospels, and God might move Remove the blinders from your eyes because this is powerful evidence of the truth of the Bible. And you come to this verse 11 of chapter 53. As a result of the anguish of his soul, this, this servant of God, the anguish of his soul, he will see what he's wrought here and be satisfied by his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify many. He will bear their iniquities. So you have brought together there the doctrine of justification and the doctrine of propitiation or expiation, which we will unpack next week more fully. That's why Paul, when he wrote verse 21, just couldn't let it go by without saying, as is witness to in the law and the prophets. This is not a new doctrine, he's saying. I'm not dumping on you something brand new made up out of my head. I am in continuity with God's great work of salvation and redemption from the beginning. There has ever, now is, and always will be one way to get right with a holy God if you're a sinner. Trust him. Trust his mercy. Trust his righteousness. If you were in the Old Testament, you couldn't see clearly how he would achieve it so that he could be both a just judge and a justifier of the ungodly. But today, you can look back, and we're going to look back for the next two weeks over how can you be a just God and a justifier of the ungodly. But now we can see. We can see it, and oh, may this be precious to you. So let me close by... Just giving the moms one last gift. This is a gift, moms. This is a gift. I want you to have it. I want you to have it. I want you to walk out of here holding it, loving it, living on it, cherishing it. Suppose... You come to the end of a day, Mom, and you feel just bad and guilty because you've been crabby all day and you spoke carelessly with the children. Or you wasted and defiled your mind on soap operas all afternoon. Or you overate on the sly to numb your sadness or you flirted with the possibility of leaving him or your anger is like a quiet seething cauldron or the memories of your defiant teenage years play on the recorder in your brain over and over again. Suppose you come to the end of a day like that. 
Cast yourself. Do it now. Do it now. Cast yourself helplessly and hopefully on Jesus and the Father as your only hope. Just say it out loud to Him. I don't have any hope in myself. I can't be a mom. I can't be a wife. I can't teach Sunday school. I can't do my job in the neighborhood or at work. I can't do it. Just go to Him like that and fling yourself on Christ and say, if you don't catch me, if there's not hope in you, there's no hope anywhere. And if you will do that, there will rise in your heart a word. If you will listen, if you have heard now and you are listening then, there will rise a word from God. I reckon your helpless trust as a perfect righteousness, which I now give you freely. And if you will hear that and you will receive that, you know what will happen? You will lay your head down in purity. I don't care how many soaps you watched. You will lay your head down in purity and you will wake up as bold as a lion. That's my gift. It's God's gift. And I hold it out to you and ask that you receive it by faith. For the rest of you, if you feel left out right now, you're not. Because if you just look at the end of verse 22, you will see that awesome three-letter word, all. We're talking about the righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ for, tell me, all who believe. So dads, single people, teenagers, widowers, widows, middle-aged, male and female. You're invited to believe and be justified and be righteous and be as bold as a lion and laugh at the future. Now, I'm going to stand here when I'm done, as long as, as long as you want me to stand here and pray with anybody who wants to come pray after we're dismissed. Others will be here, elders and prayer team members. And now may the God of hope make all of you righteous through faith so that you for the name and the glory of our great God and Savior would be as bold as a lion and laugh at the future. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Dismissed.